Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. I am Steve Johnson and it is good to be with you today. Um, I was going to do a Facebook Live video today. I hadn't been doing one for a while. Uh, uh, well, it had been requested that I do one instead of just doing the podcast. And I was going to do it today. And quite frankly, the only reason I didn't, and this is going to sound really lazy and bad and whatever, but the only reason I haven't is because it's dark in here and I would have to get up to go turn the switch on for the uh, for the light. And I don't want to go do that. So that's why I'm just sitting here instead in the dark next to Ginger, who is was sitting here uh, next to me, but now is going to go see what the other cats are doing. And I'm guess is going to chase her and chase them around or whatever. So anyway, it's good to be with you all. I haven't done one of these for a few days and thought it would be good for me to take the time to do one. Um... Man, I got up really, really late today. Um, yesterday, I should—I I guess I should make it clear that yesterday I—I uh, I did not get to sleep until. I, well, I don't remember what time I got to sleep. I only slept for a couple of hours though, and then I was up all day and for. Um, most of the night, and uh, I got a call from a friend, and I was asleep until about two in the morning, which was nice. Oh no, I wasn't asleep. Pardon me. I, I was awakened until about two in the morning talking to him, and I hadn't heard from him for a while, so we talked for a few hours on the phone, and that was nice. And then I remember turning on the. I think I was watching Family Matters again. I've been watching Family Matters on Hulu, and. Um, going through that series. I just finished Dawson's Creek. Uh, I know, I know I watched Dawson's Creek, but I had never watched the whole series before, and I really got into it by, uh, I was watching, uh, I got caught up with some of the characters. I really like Dawson. I like his idealism. And uh, I, I, really, I like a lot of the characters on there. I don't like all of them. And I don't like the left-wing uh, bias through which the... Um, and the secular bias, especially the way that the grand, that Jen's grandmother is treated in Dawson's Creek, I don't like that, and I don't like the you know the pro homosexual message that it puts out there um, with Jack or whatever. But even the Jack character, even though I don't like his homosexuality, I like I like him in other ways, and um, you know Deputy Doug is. Uh, as Pacey called his his brother, um, I don't like how they portrayed him, but I like uh, enough things about the characters that it the show really I, I wanted to keep watching it, and so I did. I started watching it, uh, gosh, probably last year sometime I think, and then I got sidetracked by different things that were happening in my life and I didn't keep up with it. So then when I started it again this past fall, I basically started over from the very beginning.
And I'm glad that I did because um, it's just, I really enjoyed going through the first couple of seasons again and then picking up where I left off. And it's just a really good show and I really enjoyed it. So anyway, starting back, I would say in September, maybe October, I'm thinking October, I started the series over again, the uh, the Dawson's Creek series, and I just finished that in the last couple of weeks, and as I posted on Facebook recently, and it's worth repeating, it's, it's not Pacey's Creek, it's Dawson's Creek, and I really wanted to see Dawson and Joey get back together, but uh, at the end of it, but anyway, uh, that's not what I meant to talk to you about. I didn't mean to go on my little Dawson's Creek rant like I did on Facebook. But uh, I've been watching Family Matters, and that's a show that I, I watched all the time when I was a kid. And I think I've seen all the episodes. I think. Um, I might be wrong. If I, I know I've seen the episodes of the earlier seasons a lot, because they used to show them on um, TBS and uh, WGN. And so I remember seeing... The the see the episodes of the early seasons a lot. And um so I, I mean I could have seen the others. I'm not sure. Um I don't remember I didn't watch any of them hardly when they as they were airing, like their first time airing. But so I so I don't know if I've seen everything. But I wanted when I found it on Hulu, I decided to start at episode one, and it was nice going through going back through some of those and kind of the memory lane type thing, because I watched it a lot when I was a kid, and um, I watched it with my grandmother. We used to watch the show a lot, so it was nice going back through some of those. And enjoying them again. And, um, and all that. So, so I was watching that on Hulu last night, and I fell asleep. Hi, Gabby, I hear you making all that noise. You're such a cute kitty. Yeah. You're such a good kitty. Yes, you are. Okay, but anyway, so... I fell asleep on the couch last night watching Family Matters. And then I woke up and I went to bed... Um, maybe a couple of hours afterwards. And when I went to bed, I didn't get up until like 2 p.m. <laughs> so, I, like, literally, I came in here and I turned my phone on and it was 2 o'clock. In the afternoon. It's like wow. I can't believe I slept that long. But I did. And so. I got up. And I made myself some buffalo chicken. And I finished the, the bag of that that I had. And. Uh, got some good news on the apartment front. I've been. Uh, planning on moving for a while. I've had this whole process in mind. About moving and everything. And, uh, but it's, a lot of that's been halted and hindered by the shutdown and everything being closed. And, uh, 
But this apartment complex that I live in got some new management. And I talked with them and I might be able to get something worked out with them, which would be very good because the big thing for me most of all is making sure that my cats have a place to go. I want to keep them with me. I don't want to lose them. And so many places have no pet policies. Even the place that I was looking to get into has a no pet policy. And um, I worked around that, hopefully, with a letter from my counselor. And I was hoping to be able to continue to have my animals. Um, but if I get things worked out where I'm at and I'm able to keep the rent the same, which would be so, so helpful because I don't have a lot uh, that I live on and survive on. So if I could get that worked out, that would be great. And um, you know, just to have that peace of mind of knowing that I could stay in the same place for all of its faults and for all of its flaws, particularly that it's not handicapped accessible and I have to work around that. But for all of its faults and for all of its flaws, it's a cheap enough place that I can live and all my animals can stay here and it's in a really good location in the city that I live in so that it's near grocery stores and it's near restaurants which aren't open unfortunately because of the coronavirus chaos and the overreaction to that but it's a really good place for me to be in and there's a lot of things about it I could change as far as not just the look but the you know some things around here that just need to be cleaned and redone and whatever but I'm very happy with uh for the security that is here. I've lived here for 11 years. And so. I. Am glad for what is. And if you all would be. In prayer for me about that. That would be great. Because it would be nice to be able to stay here. Indefinitely. And be able to afford something. And all that stuff. It would just. It would really be nice to be able to. To keep this going like. Like I have. And uh. So, anyway, um, so I got up at 2 p.m., and I felt really bad for sleeping so late, but it was really necessary because I had slept so little the day before. And I came in here, and I ate something, and I was watching the news, and I do a lot of that. I, I'm kind of steered away from the news somewhat when it gets to be too much because Everything is so pessimistic with, uh, again, this overreaction to the coronavirus and the the overreach of government and how they've been stomping all over people's civil liberties and how so many people have just gone along with it and seem to be okay with it. And even if they aren't okay with it, they're willing to put up with it. That's why it's been so heartening to me. Holy cow, you guys, chill out. Galaxy, Ginger, and Gabby, calm down. But, uh, it's been very heartening for me to see the protests in Michigan and in, uh, other places. Mi Michigan is the big one that I've, I've noticed on the news. Um, but there's been in other states too. North Carolina has had some, one person got arrested, uh, 
protesting outside of an abortion clinic, which how screwed up is that when an abortion clinic can remain open, but um, churches are being forcibly shut down. And so uh, it just shows where our national priorities are. And really, I mean, people have been quoting, uh, been posting Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 to 14. In fact, let me go ahead and pull that up here, and I'll go ahead and read it. Um, just give me a minute to type it in, because I wasn't prepared to do this. I didn't have a, I didn't have a plan today with this, but let me go ahead and pull that up, and I'll go ahead and... Read this. This is Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14 in the New International Version. And it says, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, will command the locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So, God says that, first of all, it says here, when I shut up the heavens. So who shuts up the heavens? God does. And uh, that ties into something else too. If I can pull up my footnotes here, it might be here, and if not, then uh, it might be somewhere else. Hang on one minute here. Let me see if I can pull this up. It doesn't look like that it's going to be available here. Okay. So, uh, if we go to Revelation, I think it's chapter 11, when it talks about the two witnesses that will appear on earth during the first half of the tribulation. And will preach the gospel for 1,260 days in Jerusalem. And um, yeah, it says here, Revelation chapter 11. I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. And it's talking about the third temple that will be built. In the future, there's been uh, one temple that was built by Solomon, Solomon's temple that was destroyed by the Babylonians. And then you had Zerubbabel's temple that was expanded upon by Herod uh, during the period of the Roman Empire. And that was destroyed by the Roman general Titus in around AD 70. And... Uh, so, but there will be a third temple built in the future. And it talks about here in Revelation 11. It says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. But exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. That's three and a half years. And I will appoint my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the heavens. This is verse 6. 
11.6 of Revelation. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. So, in this paragraph, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, who, okay, we'll say verses uh, 3 through 6. That's what we'll focus on. Revelation 3, chapter 11, verses 3 through 6. Who is shutting up the heavens here? God's witnesses. Not the devil's witnesses. God's witnesses. There's a theology out there. Well, well God wouldn't do that. Well then you need to check your theology. And by the way, this is in the New Testament, not the Old, for those of you that want to say, well, this is different. Well, it's here in the New Testament. And it says here that God, or God's witnesses, actually, will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain for, hang on one minute, uh, I'm going to read that again. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. So they're going to be prophesying in Jerusalem, and during that time, it will not rain there. It's God's prophets that have the power to do that. The same thing happened during, during the time of Elijah, which is why most prophecy teachers would say that Elijah is going to be one of the two witnesses. Uh, not only that, but because he... Um, went to heaven without dying. And uh, also, in the Old Testament, it prophesies that Elijah will come before the Messiah does. And Jesus said that John the Baptist was a type of that fulfillment of Elijah. But it's in all likelihood there's a more literal fulfillment of that coming when uh, Elijah will come with another witness and that will precede the return of Christ. But anyway, my point here is is that who is the source of the shutting up of the heavens? It's God's prophets. Here in 2 Chronicles 7, it says when I shut up the heavens and so that there is no rain and when I command the locusts to devour the land and, a, and I send a plague among my people. It's God doing all these things. It's not just the devil. It's God taking credit for sending a plague among his people. Why? Because of their actions and their forgetting him. Their turning away from him. And it says, If my people, who are called by, name, by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will he hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. There was a viewer of the 700 Club yesterday that sent in a very good question to Pat. And he said, How can we claim this promise when gay marriage is still legalized? When, and this is why I brought this up in context with what I was saying, when abortion clinics are still open, now, and this is the point that I was making, is how can we ask God to forgive our sin and heal our land 
when gay marriage is still legal, when the gay lifestyle is still promoted, not that we shouldn't love people, but we can't love their sin. We can't endorse their sin. But how can we ask for God's blessing on our land nationally when nationally we have accepted these things? When abortion clinics remain open while our leaders close down churches and say, oh, well, you have to meet online, but abortion clinics are considered essential enough that you can risk spreading a virus. But you can't go to church and risk spreading a virus. How can we ask for God's blessing and God's healing of our land when we have not turned from our wicked ways and sought His face and humbled ourselves? And so it's no wonder when people are so afraid. When you take God out of the equation... That vacuum has to be filled with something. Whether it's the love of self that doesn't want to take risks. Whether it's the elevation of a human relationship to, to primary status in one's life. Whether it's making government God. Or whatever you want to fill that void with. That void will be filled with something. You will worship something. Even if it's yourself. I am the captain of my soul. I am the captain of my destiny. Yada yada yada. You're going to fill that void with something. It's best to fill it with the Lord. And when we don't, is it any wonder that when we face something like we're facing, this is the response? And I'm all for political solutions. Every single one of these protests that happen out here, I'm all for it. I love it. And I wish that it would happen in all 50 states. And not only do I wish it would happen, but I wish it wouldn't stop. I wish that, that these people would block anybody from coming into the Capitol. I wish that, you know, I don't want to see physical violence. No, I'm not calling for that. But anything to keep, to halt everything from happening until the right result is seen. Because if we keep everything shut down, this is going to hurt a whole lot more people in the long run than any virus ever could. Suicide rates are going to go up. Poverty is going to go up because no wealth is being created. I'm not worried about a virus. I'm worried about, matter of fact, I would be willing to go be injected with a virus if it would help move things along. But this, as Rush has been saying, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. So I'm all for all these protests. And I'm all for 
everything that's been going on here with uh, people starting to push back. And I'm thankful that there's been some positive results. Like in Florida, they've opened the beaches some. Now you can't go there and just park yourself and and uh, get a tan or whatever. But if you're going to exercise or walk the beach or, or whatever, at least there's been progress made. This is a good thing. You don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. As I heard Steve Dace say recently. But... It's a step in the right direction, but it shouldn't be the end game. We've made progress in very limited pockets. In very few pockets, actually. No progress has been made here in North Carolina. And the same is true in a lot of states. Um, so there's still a lot of work to be done. And I'm all for all these political victories. And these political attempts at solutions. But it's all going to be for naught if there's not a spiritual awakening and there's not a spiritual revival. We need to have a spiritual revival. Or any political solutions are just going to be temporary. Just like 9-11 when... After the attacks happened and everybody started going back to church... And asking God to heal our land and asking for forgiveness. And that lasted a few weeks, maybe. And then everybody started going back to their own lives the way things were. Might be worth it to go back and watch Billy Graham's message, the the week of 9-11 after that happened, and substitute all of his references to 9-11 to COVID-19 and see if just to hear that, I think that would be a good thing to do. But the point I was making is that even if there is political victory without spiritual revival, it's all going to be for nothing. Because that is the ultimate end game for all of us. We are all going to die. None of us are going to get out of here alive, the one uh, unless the rapture happens. But we are part of the ultimate statistic. One out of one dies. And you need to be prepared to meet Jesus. And there's only one way to do that. There's a... I want to go ahead and read this also. Give me one minute to type in the verses. And um, then we will... I want to make this point. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
It is by God's grace that we're saved. And it's by our faith that we access that grace. That grace is a gift of God. It's, we can't earn it. If we could earn it, we could boast about it. We get to heaven and we could say, Hey, I made it. I earned my place here. No, it's only by what God has done that you can have any hope of heaven and eternity with God. So then how do we access that grace? How do we declare that faith? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's that simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. And we shouldn't. Because it really is that simple. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If you haven't done that, this would be a good time to do that. Declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll be saved. And if you're not sure of your standing before God, this would be the perfect time to see Jesus. I confess that I am a sinner. And I confess that without your grace, I am hopelessly lost. And will face the second death and eternal judgment. And I would deserve it all. But I come before you right now and I ask for your forgiveness. I confess my sins. I confess that I am a sinner. Even if you wanted to take this time to fill in the blank for what you know your sins are, you could do that. You could pause this and do that. And then just follow up by saying, Lord, I put my trust and faith completely in you. I know that it's not by my works that I earn salvation. There is no such thing as earning salvation. It's a free gift given by by my faith and I'm giving I'm putting my faith completely in what you've already done on the cross and I'm trusting in you and not in myself, not in my works, not in my goodness in any way. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's that simple. That's all you have to do. And 
the next step then would be to get baptized. Uh, get baptized in water. That is a sign of the genuineness of your conversion. You know, Peter said, uh, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2.38. So, it's good to repent and be baptized. That should be part of your process of declaring what your true allegiance is in life from now on. And if you if you're a believer and you haven't been a, and you haven't been baptized, then you need to do it. It's it's part of the deal. It's not optional. It's a commandment that you do this upon your belief and your repentance. So. Anyway, um, so everything's going good with the apartment. It looks like it's going to be going fine. Uh, well, I don't know for sure about the, the long-term future, but I do know that, if nothing else, I've been given a new lease, pun intended, on life with this one for now. And so that's uh, a very positive thing that I'm very happy about. And, um, well, there's not much, uh, made some sausage patties today that were very good. I'm getting ready, even though it's now, I think it's probably somewhere around 11.30 p.m. I'm going to be, uh, making some ramen tonight for myself. And I'll be eating some ramen for, uh, dinner. It's kind of a late meal. At least I was in the mood for that. I don't know if I still am. I was earlier. I don't know if I... I still want any or not. I think I do, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll figure it out. And uh, so that was my day today. And I hope all of you had a good day. If you want to reply in the comments, either on Facebook or Twitter, or if you want to go to the Anchor website and leave a comment, or however you want to do it. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you can find me on Facebook, and I'll go ahead and uh, give you my... my uh, thing here facebook.com slash wisdom wheels 83 is my facebook uh my facebook address and you can find me on twitter at excuse me at wisdom wheels 83 so it's at wisdom wheels 83 for twitter Excuse me, and it's Wisdom on Wheels 83 on Facebook. So Wisdom on Wheels 83 on Facebook and at Wisdom Wheels 83 on Twitter. If you want to find me. Uh, just leave a comment, a question, a response, a disagreement, an agreement, an amen, an idea for a future podcast, or whatever you want to hear. Uh, just... Uh, Whatever you want to say, just put it out there. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. This has been Steve Johnson. 
in the Wisdom on Wheels podcast, and I hope to hear from you all soon. God bless and bye-bye.